a group of friends were, were hunting, were deer hunting, and I, I expected a few yays on that one, you deer hunters. And uh, they paired off in, 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 two, in twos for the, for the day and kind of went separate ways. <clears throat> As night began to fall, <clears throat> one of the hunters returned alone, staggering under the load of an eight-point buck which he was carrying, believe it or not. Where's George, he was asked. Oh, oh yeah, George. George had a spell of some kind. Uh, he's a couple miles back on the trail. You mean to say, one of them said, you left George laying there on the trail and you carried the deer back? Well, said the hunter, I figured no one was going to steal George. <laughs> now, you say, is that just comedy? Are you just trying to warm up the crowd or what? No, there's a moral. And it's a very serious moral. You see, the deer was more important than the man. Get it? A dead animal was more important than a living human being. And the point I want you to get is this. People are more important than things. We tend to value things and use people. And it should be just the other way around. We should value people and use things. One time, very popular actress, Sophia Loren, sobbed to the Italian movie director, Vittorio De Sica, over the theft of some of her jewelry. She was just sobbing uncontrollably, and here's what Vittorio said to her. Quote, listen to me, Sophia. I am much older than you, and if there is one great thing I've learned about life, it is this. Never cry over anything that can't cry over you. End quote. Sage advice, really. Amen? In other words, people are more important than things. Why cry over material things that will someday cease to exist? You see, people, all of us, people are eternal things, eternal beings. We should value people more than we value material things. You see, the problem is this. Many times, sad to say, our values are all mixed up. Why? Well, perhaps we can think of it in this way, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to accentuate some of these uh, really pertinent things that I'm, I'm saying and the points that I want to make with stories this morning because I think they really bring home the message. So our values are mixed up. Perhaps we can think of it this way. I read a story one time about a prankster who broke into a large, expensive-type department store, everything very, uh, you know, very high-end, and he switched all the price tags. You see, the cheap items 
were priced at thousands of dollars, and the expensive items were priced at a dollar or two or maybe five dollars. This is exactly, if you'll, if you'll notice this, this is exactly what the devil has done to confuse people on planet Earth. And I might add, he has succeeded quite well. And, and Christians are not exempt. You and I are not exempt from this. He has switched the price tags on us. And now the things that we should value, we're not valuing. And the things that we should not value, we are valuing. And things are out of whack. My friends, hear me out. The devil has done a very great job of fooling us into thinking that the things of the... And this started in the Garden of Eden, but it it has never ended. For us to think that the things of this world are more important than our relationship to God and to people. I want you to try to get that thought in your mind. Write it indelibly now. The things of the world more important than relationships to people and to God, and we've got to change that. So on this Memorial Day weekend, I want to remind you that people are what really count in life. All gave some, and some gave all, and those some who gave all are the reason we are here today. People are more important than material things. And you'll probably hear me say that again. And they are more important than our own personal fun and pleasure and acquisition of other things. I want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and look at a few verses. And if we will have this on the screen... We'll try to read it, and maybe you could read along with me. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting at verse 1. And this is Paul, of course, uh, thanking God. And in verse 3, let me just go down to verse 3, where he says, because 1 and 2 are his salutation. In verse 3, Paul says, I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, um, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Verse 4, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. And verse 5, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. I want to pick up three things here that Paul says to young Timothy. In verse 3, he says, I constantly remember you, where? In my prayers. In verse 4, I recall your tears. There's some pain going on. There's some hurt going on. And thirdly, I have been reminded, or I am reminded, of your sincere faith and your lineage. So Paul remembered Timothy in many ways. He remembered him enough to pray for him. 
He remembered Timothy's pain in life. I remember your tears, your anguish. And he remembered that he was a man of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Memorial Day weekend should be about remembering people. It's all about, and my title says it today, look, look, look. First, let's look back and remember. This Memorial Day weekend, we need to look back and remember the deceased. That is, our deceased veterans and our deceased, uh, deceased loved ones as well. You see, Armed Services Day is for those still in uniform. Veterans Day is for those who hung up their uniform. And Memorial Day is for those who never got out of their uniform. Originally, Memorial Day was instituted to remember the Civil War dead. But over the many years, it's become a, a time to remember all of our deceased veterans and even all of our deceased loved ones who at one time served in foreign conflicts. That's why some people still call it, still today call it, Decoration Day. Because they go to the graves of their loved ones and they decorate those graves as a sign that they have not forgotten them. And how commendable that exercise is. How wonderful it is. I've read that on an average day, 750 people will visit the USS Arizona at, uh, near uh, Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. And on Memorial Day weekend, 4,645 people will visit that memorial. And on an average day, about 3,000 people will visit the Vietnam War Memorial. And on Memorial Day weekend, over 7,000 people will visit the wall. And I say, God bless those who remember our deceased veterans. I have to always, at this point, take an aside for a moment, just a moment, if you'll indulge me. My father was the oldest of four children, three boys and a girl. He was acquainted with grief and hardship at an early age. His mother dying when he was only eight years old. Twenty years later, as World War II was raging, my dad and his two younger brothers were soon off to Europe. Two in the Royal Canadian Army and one in the United States Army. The youngest of the three, just a little over 20, was captured in 1942 in the awful Dieppe raid, such a bungled experience that was. Hundreds of troops were killed that day. He survived that, but he was taken prisoner, and he spent the next 33 months as a prisoner of war in a German POW camp. I'm here to say today I'm very happy that all three returned home safely. 
But I'm also very proud to have a heritage like that. Now, some of you may have already gone to visit the graves of your loved ones or of friends uh, this weekend or before the weekend set in, or, or you maybe will do it sometime in the next two days. And I, and I just say, God bless you for remembering your deceased loved ones, whoever they might be. Look, people count. Can you say that with me, just those two words? People count. Can we say it again? People count. Can you turn to someone and say, people count? Hmm. People are what life is all about for us. People have contributed to our lives, and we need to remember people. And on this subject, I told you there'd be a story or two. I, I remember the story of a Missouri-based preacher of another era. He told this family-friendly story about his own grandmother. It was his mother's mother, and her name was Alma Jones. That's not a hard name to remember. She was a, he remembered her as a widow who would often have one of the grandkids over to her house to stay the night, and that practice is still somewhat fashionable, but she seemed to show, he said, special interest in me. I don't know why, but for some reason or another, she did. And we called her Grandma Muddy. Maybe because somebody couldn't pronounce her name. I don't know. That's what we called her. And she knew, <laughs> this is a funny story, I think. She, I love the story. She knew, he said, that I, as a young boy, loved boxing. So there were times where she would take me to see boxing matches at the Memorial Hall in Joplin. And she even took me to the Golden Gloves Championship for the state. Now listen to this. And one time, this grandma I'd love to have met, she even took me to see a live wrestling match. I didn't say wrestling, so don't get uncomfortable. A live wrestling match, that's different. And do you know who I got to see, he said? The famous wrestler, Gorgeous, you know him too, Gorgeous George. And he said, wasn't that gorgeous of her to do that? And Grandma Muddy even let me drive her car when I became 16 years old. Back in those days, not many people would do that, and uh, not many people even do that now, maybe more than should, but uh, yeah, yeah, don't go there, Bob. Okay. He concluded his story with this, and, and it's true. How can I not remember my Grandma Jones and remember her fondly and thank my God? for her. And all of us have deceased, departed loved ones who have meant a lot, so much, so much, so much, so much to us. Mm. My mind and heart are just flooded as I, I think of this part of my message. Parents, Grandparents, 
aunts and uncles. Some have lost their mates. Others have lost children. In God's love, I ask this question. How can we not remember them? It would be a terrible travesty, yea, a sin, not to remember them. Someone once said, say goodbye to me, but not to the thought of me. Say goodbye to me, but not to the thought of me. Someone recently asked me, that maybe they knew I was doing this message, I don't know. And I don't remember who asked, so it's fine, I'll just say it. Somebody asked me if there was ever a time, or much time, or periods, space of time, when I didn't think, especially, of my mom and dad. And I said, I can honestly stand here sincerely before you and look you in the eye and say that for me and for my precious wife, I, don't know, I do not know one day that ever goes by that we don't reference her parents or my parents, either in conversation or just bringing it up to remember stories or whatever it is. You can say goodbye to me, but not to the thought of me. And we may have, and we have many of us, said goodbye for now, Goodbye for now. Remember, we'll be with that departed loved one longer than we've been with them. And in death, we might say, well, goodbye for now. But we certainly don't want to say goodbye ever to our thoughts of them. I can't do it. There was a man some years ago by the name of Milt Rood, R-O-O-D. Milt worked for many, many years as a number one top gold-plated car salesman. He lived out in Spokane, Washington. He was known all over the region. When you mentioned that name, you mentioned success. This was a Christian man who was very active in Christian ministries, and he, had a, he took a, a, a particular interest in the Union Gospel Mission and he worked with predominantly with juvenile delinquents at that time. And week by week, he would meet with them, and he would teach those young people from the Word of God, and he would pray with them, and he would encourage them, and he would try to lift their spirits. One day, uh, Milt Rood went into the hospital for exploratory surgery. The doctors found that he had an end-stage disease that was ravaging his body unbeknownst to him. They tried some treatment to no avail. Then they sent him home. After getting the news, he died one week later. After the funeral, a friend said this. I thought this was very important. I've heard things like this, similar things like this in the past. Someone said, it's interesting that at the funeral and around the, the, the group, no one ever asked how many cars Milt had sold. Say goodbye to me, but not to the thought 
of me. So friends, this Memorial Day weekend, let's remember our deceased veterans, our loved ones, our friends. Let's remember the good things about their lives. Let's uh, remember the good faith that they demonstrated. Many times it was faith in us. And then let's remember the good times we had with them. (laughs) And let's thank God for them and for all those good times and wonderful memories. Yeah? Yeah. So first, look back and remember. Look, look, look. Next, Look out and love. You see, we must look out to those around us and love them. And Christians, we have no choice about this. This is a biblical mandate. Look out and love the living. We need to love the people who are around us while we still can. Can I say that again? We need to love the people around us while we still can. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, that is, put up with one another. And forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive them. I have people say, well, I'll forgive them, but I'm not going to forget. Well, what you're telling me is, I'll say I'll forgive them, but I'm not going to forgive them. That's what you're saying. Forgive it. Forget it. Get beyond it. And forgive as the Lord forgave you. How was that exactly? Undeserved and unconditional. That's a nice kind of forgiveness. Amen? And over all these virtues then put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Boy, those are great verses, great words from Scripture. So Paul here is saying that instead of fighting with one another, one, we must forgive one another, two, we must love one another, and three, we must demonstrate that love any old way we can. I want to tell you (laughs) about a sweet little old lady who lived in a small Midwestern town. Her name is Maggie, Maggie Keith. We have a Maggie here, and I presume she's a lot like her. When Maggie Keith came to the, what was the first Christian church, She had just lost her dear husband of many, many years. But prior to that, she had lost her only son in death from a prolonged illness. So just a few years later, 
Maggie herself developed a tumor on her arm. They did surgeries and removed a large portion of her upper right arm. Not to be gross, but (laughs) her arm looked like some big animal had taken a big bite out of it. Despite all the skin grafting and all the reconstructive surgery, it just looked really bad. Well, Maggie tried hard to recover, but recovery was not in the cards, and she knew she was failing, and she was pretty sure she wouldn't live much longer. So she started giving her money away, whatever there was of it, and buying people gifts and doing things just for people unwarranted, undeserved maybe. For instance, she heard about a lady, she didn't even know, but she lived in the small community too, and then she heard that her refrigerator quit working. So what did Maggie do? She bought her a new refrigerator. Maggie did all kinds of things for people, most of which people who knew her well knew nothing about. But let me tell you about one. It's really interesting, very quite, quite an interesting account. Maggie had neighbors, and they'd had they'd been there for some time. They were Hispanic people. They were of Mexican descent, wonderful people. And she hired the youngest boy to pick up her mail for her every day. She paid him money at the end of every week for that little chore. You young boys, be listening to me now. And one time, the pastor was visiting people in the neighborhood, and he went by to see Maggie, and she said, Pastor, come here, I want to show you something. It was the fall of the year, and Maggie had gone down to Sears and had bought the best bicycle they had in the store. She said, it's for the little boy next door, and I'm going to give it to him for Christmas, (laughs) which she did. The next year, Maggie passed away, and that pastor was called to preach her funeral, and there was a Mexican family at the memorial service. And after the graveside part of the service was completed, pastor noticed that everybody except one little boy had left Maggie's grave, and he lingered, and he lingered, and he lingered, and he wouldn't He wouldn't leave. The little boy just stood there and stood there and stood there, just silent and reverent and respectful. And pastor walked over to the little boy and asked him, son, are you the boy Maggie gave a bicycle to? He nodded. Yeah. Here are the pastor's words. Quote, I said nothing. What could I say? I would say that there is now probably a middle-aged man somewhere who still remembers the kindly little old lady who bought him a bicycle for Christmas. 
Maggie Keith said to a friend one time, get this quote, I believe in giving flowers to the living. That is powerful, friend. And what she meant was this. She believed in loving people and demonstrating that love while they were still alive. She wanted to do things for people while they were living rather than send flowers to the funeral. And, and let me just say, of course, there's nothing wrong with giving flowers if the family permits it. When, when someone passes away, that's fine. Because that, too, is an act of love and respect. It is. But it is true that we can love people best when they are alive. Folks, we all have family members, we all have friends, we all have fellow workers, we all have neighbors who need our love. What loving things could you do for them? I, I, I don't mean the big things necessarily, but small or large. You see, our love needs to be demonstrated while they're living. Give somebody a refrigerator or a bicycle. And if someone needs a refrigerator, don't give them a bicycle. <laughs> send, the, send them some flowers. Take them out to dinner. Take out their garbage. Test your servanthood. Wash their car. Mow their lawn. Whatever. But do something to demonstrate your love for the living. So look back and remember. Look out and love. Look, look, look. And thirdly, look up and honor. Look up to the Lord and honor Him on this Memorial Day weekend and every weekend. If anybody should be remembered at any time and at all times, it should be our great God. And all the church said, Amen. In Matthew 22, we read these words starting at verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. You see, to love the Lord with our whole being is the greatest thing we can do in life. After all, the Lord gives us life and breath and everything else. Surely, we should remember Him and show Him love. At a family reunion one time, a man said that he and his wife overheard some very young twin sisters talking about their newborn baby brother. So one of the little sisters said, but how did, did God, how, how, how did, how did God breathe, breathe life in, into our baby brother? And the other little twin sister pointed to her belly button, and she said, I think he uses our biblical cord. Cute. Hold that thought. It is true that God has breathed the breath of life into every one of us. 
And we should be thankful for that, and even more thankful for the good things He's given us on this journey we call life. A certain lady said, when my mom was on a health kick, you ever had a parent on a health kick? It's torture. Maybe you said, uh, not a parent, but a spouse. Well, I'm not going there. So mom decided to push the limits with the family of picky eaters. Listen to this. She fixed a soup-like mixture of lentils and barley that none of us was even eager to try. We dreaded dipping into that grayish goop. And we looked at each other hoping somebody would have the courage to ask mom if we could just skip the dinner. Unfortunately, it was four-year-old Katrina turned, it was her turn to say the blessing. Four years old. And she summed up our sentiments around the table perfectly when she prayed these words. Dear Lord, please take us to a restaurant. Amen. (laughs) So look, it doesn't matter whether it's lentils or a restaurant. We need to be thankful to God for his blessings. James 1 and 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. God gives us all kinds of good things, whether it's lentil soup, a lavish meal, or a simple roof over our heads. Here's another way to look at God's goodness. We like to sing here about God's goodness, don't we? Ah. Well, a certain preacher said at a prayer meeting one evening, we were sharing matters for prayer and praise, and one young man had recently been through some financial problems and taken out a consolidation loan at his credit union, and with great gratitude, he excitedly announced to the group, I want to praise the Lord tonight, because I was finally able to borrow enough money to get out of debt. Well, he was thankful he could consolidate his debts. If if you're with me, put your hand up. Been there, done that, and got the (laughs) T-shirt. I was thankful. You were thankful. We need to be thankful to God for every blessing he gives us, both large and small, significant and insignificant. And, of course, our greatest blessing is undoubtedly our salvation in Christ. Would you agree with me? Without Christ, my friend, there would be no salvation for any of us, not the least or the greatest of us. None of us are good enough to get in the door on our own merits. Thank God for salvation in Jesus Christ. Remember the little girl who said that God gives us life through our biblical cord? Well, God does give us eternal life through our biblical cord. Uh-huh. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, ah, and just where is that truth found? In the Bible, the Word of God. And verse 23 of First Peter 1, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, 
but of the imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. How thankful we need to be for the Word of God so that we can come to know Christ and be saved. Amen? We live in a world today which tries to say too much with too little. Consequently, very few people listen. Sometimes, best sermons are the ones left unspoken. Let me give you an example. The 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. That's a relationship. I shall not want. That's supply. He leadeth me, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That's rest. He leadeth me beside still waters. That's refreshment. He restoreth my soul. That's healing. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. That's guidance. For his namesake. That's purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's testing. I will fear no evil. That's protection. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's discipline. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That's hope. Thou anointest my head with oil. That's consecration. My cup runneth over. That's abundance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's blessing. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security forever. That's eternity. Face it. God loves you. Wow. What is most valuable is not what we have in our lives, but who we have in our lives. And I say that on this Memorial Day weekend, and every weekend, and every day for that matter, we should remember the Lord and give thanks for everything good, everything good that He's given us, and especially, especially, especially for our salvation. Would you agree? Let's give Him praise in the house this morning. Someone said an ingrate is neither in or great. Hmm. Don't be an ingrate. Honor the Lord. Honor Him always. Give Him thanks. Give Him thanks always. Look up to Him. Look up to Him always. Look back and remember. Look out and love the living. Look up and honor the Lord. Look. Look. And look. One time a man went to see a psychiatrist and he said, Doctor, I can't remember a thing. I can't remember stuff from one minute to the next. And, and the uh, psychiatrist said, so well, since, since when has this been going on? And the man said, said since, since when has what been going on? Now, now, I'm not making light of such a problem. Because the truth is, most of us have memory lapses. Oh, but that guy was in bad shape. And we've all been embarrassed by our forgetfulness, right? You just get ready to say something and you, you just, it's not there. And you're embarrassed. Oh, yes, oh, yes. But let me tell you, folks, the very worst forgetfulness of all is to forget people and to forget the Lord. 
Boy, when you forget people and forget the Lord, you're in sinking sand. People are precious, huh? Just stay with me for a moment because I've got a thought I want to leave with you and I just want to kind of dump it on you. People are precious, agreed? People count in life. Material things and pleasures, they do not count in the end. Now I want you to listen to this and I'm closing with this statement. You see, we start life with two things. People and God. And we end life with two things. People and God. Let's not forget them, either one in between. Let's quiet our hearts before the Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That it's all inspired, complete, inerrant, and sufficient. Thank you for the truth that comes from this word. Thank you for those things that you have brought to memory today on this special weekend, that every one of us might be mindful of the price that's been paid for our physical freedom here and the even greater price that's been paid for our eternal freedom with you. We are grateful, people. And we bless your name and we praise your name and we lift you up today. Thank you for the quiet. Thank you for people taking time now to think about looking back, looking out, and looking up. Bless even this quiet solitude and this moment of reflection. And have your way in every heart. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,